All right, let me bring forth the word of the Lord. This is the most important time in this service. And, and I, I don't apologize for taking that time to give you an update to inform you because I think we all we need to be informed about where we are. But we're in a very wonderful, wonderful place. And uh, we're going to pick back up and we're going to fill this up and we're going to fill that up and we're going to fill it up again because there is a tremendous harvest that the Lord has. Now, as we, as we prepare our hearts for Scripture for these moments, I don't think... I don't think that there's been a kind of a mini-series of messages that I, first of all, didn't want, wasn't looking for, trying to get away from it, and can't get away from it. And I want to go back to this portion of Scripture in Matthew 24. And for the last many weeks, I've just been looking at Noah, and the Holy Spirit has continued to bring back to my heart again and again Noah and, and the time in which he lived and there's another, I, I would call it a nuance that the Holy Spirit wants us to think about as we look at this. Now I'm reading again this week, Matthew 24, 37, beginning. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man, man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and gi- giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming, will the coming of the Son of Man be. Father, we ask that you would give us the anointing. Let the words that we speak have weight because your Holy Spirit is upon them. Lord, we don't want to just speak the words of man's wisdom, but Lord, we want to Speak your word with the demonstration of power of Holy Spirit life. We ask you to bless us, nourish us, how, how we need this. Father, we need this. Lord, as the church has been shut down, suicide has risen. Depression, anxiety, domestic violence. Because it's your church and it's your word and it's your presence and it's your gathering that brings us the nourishment that we need. We do not get, Father, upon our own what we need and what we get corporately. And so, Father, thank you for this word. May it nourish every heart that is listening now and those who will listen later. Let your presence remain upon it, we ask. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. And amen. So as we, as we look at this verse of Scripture, what we see here is we see that one of the main features of Noah's day was this, and we see it. We see the words of Jesus here, and what we see is one of the main features is that men and women during that last several years or decades leading up to the flood is the culture, the the characteristic of the culture was this, they were giving themselves to secular activities. And it says, really right up until the very day. Do you see that there? Until the day the rain started. This is what they were doing. Now, the interesting thing is that Jesus is not necessarily focusing on the wickedness of the day. But what he's focusing on is people's preoccupation with the mundane matters of the day. How many of you know that you don't have to be caught up in wickedness to miss out on what the Lord's doing? I'm going to say that again. You don't have to be... 
engaged in wickedness and in evil to miss out. You can just get overloaded in the mundane things of life and completely miss out on the miracles of God. Completely miss out on the Lord's very, very best. See, let me explain it this way. God's best... Remember years ago when the Kmart had the blue light special about 5,000 years ago? Some of you younger ones don't know. There was a place called Kmart, okay? People did live on the earth during that time, just like they were in Noah's day. You know, like some people don't know there were people on the earth in like 1987, you know? But there was like a blue light special. And when you saw the blue light special, that was when, you know, they knew there was a bargain on certain item. Well, can I tell you this? A strong walk with God is never found on the bargain table. A thorough knowledge of the Word of God. You'll never see the blue light special. Say, hey, you can get a real deep understanding of God's Word on the blue light. No, it's going to cost you time and energy. And, and you're going to have to say no to some of the mundane things that are not evil, but they're just mundane. And they just sap our life. They sap that time that we could have in building our spiritual lives. Nothing wrong with it. And then isn't it interesting, that's what Jesus is focusing on here. Not the evil of the day. Now we know it was so evil that men's heart were really continually evil, Genesis 6, 5 says. But that's not what Jesus talks about here. He talks about being caught up in the mundane things of life. Here's the question for our lives today. What are you, you and I caught up in? What are we caught up in? Well, here's another question. What will we be doing as a church, Trinity Life Church? We're, we're trying to make this incredible advancement, and we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Incredible days are ahead for us. This is exciting. Is this not exciting? I don't want to be a part of a boring church. I want to be a part of a church that says, Jesus said, cross that water. Come on, guys, let's cross. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it looks. This is what God's Word says. Let's go. This is exciting. Now, what are we going to be doing? What's Trinity Life Church going to be doing when the rain starts? Think about it. When the rain started in Noah's day, what was Noah doing? When the rain starts in our day, that day, that right before the coming of Jesus, what are we going to be doing? It's important. Notice this. One of the major teachings of Jesus in this whole chapter is this. It is vital. It is vital for every child of God to remain busy, involved, and engaged in kingdom business, kingdom activity, i.e. the will of God, till the very moment that Jesus comes. The enemy's trying to pull you away from this. The enemy, the enemy say, you know, if I can't, if I can't get Jason in the bars on Saturday night, I'm just getting caught up in something else. If I can't get Catherine doing, you know, some, some evil, well, I'll just get you busy doing something else. And he says that to me and to you and to every single one of us. But the teaching here, the major teaching, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read another portion out of Matthew 24. And what you're going to see is Jesus says we have to stay engaged in kingdom business. Now, what I want to title this message is this, as the days of Noah, working, watching, and warning. Working, watching, and, and, and warning. Now, during the dark days of the flood, what happened is, Noah, what was he doing? And here's the message today. He was giving himself to the work of God. He gave himself to the work of ministry. We see a man, one of the few people on the face of the earth. I mean, we know that eight people got out. Eight people got out of that, that world before the flood. 
Eight people. But there was a man who is committed to the ministry. Here's a man, Noah. His name's Noah. It says this. It says he walked with God so that we know that even when it's wicked, we can walk with God. What a joy it is to walk with God. Somebody said, oh, it's so hard to walk with God. Well, I know that we live in a difficult world, a lot of pressure, but it's a joy to walk with God. It's a blessing to serve the Lord. It's a blessing to be a part of the church. Noah walked with God. Also says this, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Now, I know this, when you find grace in the sight of the Lord, it's because you've been looking for it. You don't, if you're not looking for stuff, you're not going to be finding it. Isn't it amazing? I could walk out here and find a pebble on the ground, but if I'm going to find a diamond, i got to dig a little bit. You know what? Noah was looking for this. Noah was seeking after God. We know in this same, when this passage is mentioned in the book of Hebrews, it's mentioned in that same context of Enoch. Enoch was in this time too that says that without faith it's impossible to please him. Why? He that comes to God must believe that he is because he's the rewarder of those who passively neglectfully, come on, somebody preach to me, who diligently seek the Lord. Noah was seeking after God. And here's what the word says. You seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Do you know there's blessings? And if we'll seek God, we'll find blessing. We'll find revival. We'll find every need met. We'll find healing. We'll find strength. We'll find love. We'll find peace. We'll find joy. We'll find righteousness. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then it says that Noah was building. And that's my words, but that's what he was doing. Noah was building, had the hammer, had the mallet. Now, think about this. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing on that land over there right now. There's three crosses, nothing there. How I many know you got to put faith, you got to put works with your faith? We've been praying, church prayed. They church prayed before I came. They prayed, uh, they prayed years before I came. But how I many know you got to add works to your faith? And, and, and God's, God, it says that the Lord divinely warned Noah. He, the Lord warned him, divinely warned him, and told him to build this ark. And Noah could have just prayed about it, and he could have said, you know, hey, God gave me this, and, you know, you know faith without works is dead, right? It's like a body, a body without the spirit's dead, body's dead. And we can, just, uh, we, can, we can look at this, and we go, oh, wonderful. Got this vision, got this plan. But then we have to work the plan. We have to put action we have to put action to our desires. We have to put things in place. It's called works. Works is a part of this. And Noah, here's Noah, and he's, and he's building. So what should we be doing? We should be, well, number one, we should be working. And that is this. Working means we're giving ourselves to God's work. And what does that mean for you? For some of you, it means like Brad. He's usher. You, I've learned this. I'm going to tell you something. Learn this. If you ever want a great usher, find an engineer. Because I'm telling you, that thing is going to be, you're gonna, it's going to be a plan that's planned and overplanned and perfect. And, and he's going to tell his team, this is what you do when there's communion. This is what you do here. This is what you do here. This is where you stand here. Here's this diagram. Here's this command. Here's this and here's that. I'm thinking, man, I've learned something. Put Brad over it. It's going to be done right. Right? Come on, amen. That, that's, you're giving yourself to the work. Right? Same thing with Brother Bruce. You're giving yourself to the work. Donna, Donna gets our finance. She does our finances on business QuickBooks or whatever you do it on, and she spends time doing that. That's her part of the ministry. This wonderful team up here, they're working, they're building. They're giving themselves to the work. Isn't it encouraging when they sing and they worship 
and you come in and you may feel like those heavy bands are around you. And all of a sudden, the worship team is building in their part. And all of a sudden, you just feel the anointing. You just, you're lifted up above the shadows, above the negativity of the enemy. And, you, and the Lord, that's giving ourselves to the work of ministry. You, there's a place in the body for you to serve. And let me tell you this, just like this American economy needs to get going again, the kingdom of God economy needs to get going again. we got to get children's ministry and youth ministry and prayer ministry and every other kind of ministry. It's got to get supercharged again. we got to get out here and knock on these doors. Now if you knock a door, nobody's coming in. Nobody's opening. I mean, you knock the door. Not. So I, I realize, but this is where it's going. This is where we're heading. We're going to win the lost. We're going we're gonna to touch people for Jesus. It's got to get kicked off. Working and then watching. We got to watch. What does that mean? That means we need to stay spiritually alive. We got to stay alert. We have to stay sober. We have to keep our spiritual lives alive and alert. It takes work to stay sharp spiritually. It takes, it takes work to watch and to keep the weeds out of your spiritual garden in a sense. You have to, you have to work at staying. You know, it's easy to get neglectful. It's easy to get lethargic. It's easy to start coasting. It takes spiritual discipline to keep sharp. See, here, here's the thing. Isn't it something that when... Now, th- now, just track with me a moment. When somebody is lazy in only one part of their life, that's unnatural. How is it that in every part of people's lives... That they can be disciplined and they can, in their secular life, in their work life, in, in their home life, in keeping their yard nice and keeping their finances organized. But then when it comes to spiritual things, it's like a laziness comes in. Listen, when you're lazy in only one aspect or neglectful in only one aspect of your life, that's, not, uh, that's unnatural because it's spiritual warfare. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how what people can achieve in the secular realm and all of a sudden in the spiritual realm, they can't read their Bible through one time in a whole lifetime. That's not natural. Why? Because the enemy, the enemy fights us there. Do you see what I mean? So we, what we have to do is not only work, but we have to watch and we have to fight to keep our spiritual life strong and vibrant because it doesn't come natural because we live in, a, we live in this world that pulls against that. And we need to be warning for sure. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. This is after the, pa- the passage of text that I read you where Jesus said, as the days of Noah, this would happen. This is later on in that chapter. And what I'm talking about, I'm going to focus on working. That's where we're going to camp for a few minutes. Working. Noah was working. Now look what it says in Matthew 24, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know the, what hour the, Lord's co- the Lord is coming. But know this. If the master of the house had known the, what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken in, into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. Who then is a, say it, a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Verse 46, look at this. Blessed. Do you want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, find so doing. Noah was working. He was building. And there was nothing. There wasn't one board together at first. There was not one tree chopped down. Noah had to go out. And you ever, I, I'm, I have a tree. Uh, I have a, 
I forget what the name of it is. It's a, it's a Bradford pear. Thank you, brother. We are totally in tune. If you plant a Bradford pear, just plant it a long way away from your house. Because they're so beautiful, but they are so soft, and they blow down. And so I'm, I've been battling this Bradford pear. And one big, huge limb fell off and destroyed my neighbor's fence, and I had to fix his fence and put a new portion in. That was last year. And so now, if you look at my tree, I've got it strapped, and I've got a chain thing, uh, a cable on it, so that it won't blow down. And the other day, I'm chopping on it. And you know what I know about chopping wood and chopping stuff up? It's work. It's work. I mean, I have a whole new appreciation for, for Noah. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's a, ministry is hard sometimes. I mean, to build a humongous boat, 450 feet long, 75 feet you know, uh, wide and 45 feet high. I mean, it's, like, a, it's like, a, like an ocean liner. And here's Noah building 120 years. Now think about this. Noah received a divine call to work. And in this divine call, he began to pursue it with all of his heart. What would happen if the work that God's calling us to do here, if we wouldn't give like a fourth or a half or three quarters, but if each of us would give 100% of our energy toward the work of ministry, just to think what we could accomplish and what we are going to accomplish. God, and the Bible said he began to prepare. This call was a special call from God because it said he was divinely warned in, in Hebrews eleven seven. Do you know this is a special call to the Lord? That's why it's fought us so hard. This is a special, this is a special church. This is going to be a church that's trusting God. This is going to be a church we're going to grow, we're going to pick up in, in 2021, and we're moving forward to inhabit this building and reach out to this community in Jesus' mighty name. Do you know you have a special call? Noah was specially privileged to be the one chosen to build the ark. And we, we, are, we are privileged to be the ones who God has called to do this great work. I love Sister Maria's attitude. She said, you know, every church I've ever been to, Pastor, you know, you go after it's all done, it's all built, and everything's there, and, you know, they tell you the story. This happened 40 years ago, and they put this up. She, she said, when somebody comes new, and when all this is done, they're going to say, Maria, when, uh, when did you come? She said, I, I was here when it started. Come on, amen. I was here when it started. We get to, we're privileged to get to be a part of something that many congregations don't get to be a part of. Let's build the work. Let's see, taking the mantle up like Noah, it's a privilege to do that. Listen to what the Word of God says. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's time to proclaim his praises. Now think about this. Noah's working. He was completely focused on building the ark. It took about 120 years. But this was his complete focus. Now, now, remember what I said to you? What was the emphasis of Jesus' teaching? It was that they were consumed with mundane activities. Do you think Noah was tempted to be pulled over? I mean, when you got the whole world doing something else, and you're the only one building, don't you think there was the pull of, you know, is this really worth it? to start slipping over into the mundane activities. But as you read the story of Noah, the Bible said he walked with God. He was completely focused on the work of God. Now just think how difficult it was to stay focused. See, there's three things that we should not lose while we're working for God. Now, we're committed to working for God, right? We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment of recommitment to work for God. 
And really, it's just started. All this stuff, all this stuff we've done is all prelim. This is the prelim service. We're about to get serious here. August 30th, you got to be here. Now, if you can't be publicly here, we'll seal off your car and just let you drive up. Come on. Because we're going to dedicate, do a dedication ceremony, and we're moving forward. And, but there's things you can't lose while you're building, while you're working. Just like it was in Noah's day, there's, we have more things to distract us today than there's ever been. And I'm going to show you here. Fact. When this thing shut down for week after week after week after week, I, had, I heard people saying this. And as soon as they said it, on the inside, I was going, no, 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 no. They were saying things like this. They were saying, oh, you know, yeah, we're shut down, but now the church is going to have ability and the opportunity to have creative ways to figure out how to worship God. And they said that, and doesn't that sound sweet and good? But when you go away from this, you go in the wrong direction. How can you improve on God's plan? And inside I was saying, no, 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 no. No, no, that's not. And then I'm going to read you a little statistics here that over the last you know, 20, 30 weeks, whatever it's been, I'm going to show you what I felt as your shepherd in my heart is exactly what's happened in many Christians' lives. Three things we can't lose is, number one, we can't lose heart through discouragement. 120 years of building, you think there may be time to lose heart and get discouraged? We can't lose focus through distraction. And we also cannot lose faith through doubts. Now think about it. Here's... We're called to serve the Lord and not lose heart. And I won't read this for time's sake, but I want you to read 2 Corinthians 4.1, 2 Corinthians 4.16-18, and 1 Corinthians 15.58. And I'll just hit those. Paul said, because we've received this ministry, we don't lose heart. That's verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 4.1. Since we have this ministry, we receive mercy. We do not lose heart. You go look at verse 16 real quick. Throw, throw 16 up. Look at this. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says it twice. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the work. He's talking about the ministry. He's talking about, like Noah, taking the, taking the mallet and, and, and building the work. Don't lose heart. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, be... be un, uh, can you put 1 Corinthians 15, 58? Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There it is. I quoted it. Always abounding. And notice the middle. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now think about it. Here's Noah building. The, the society around him is pulling him toward the mundane things of life. But how many of you know, we, we've got a higher calling than the mundane things of life. We, Paul said, we are called to the high calling of Christ in, uh, of work in Christ Jesus. That high calling to build the church. That high calling, as I said to you, to manifest the manifold wisdom of God to the heavenly places to the powers, to the demons, to the, to the spirits. This building will be a testimony to the power and the, the life-giving Savior that we have. Now notice what he needed, Noah. He needed a positive faith outlook. He needed to look beyond the, the, the sin of the day and to what God has said to him, beyond the flood, beyond the ark, to that time when the rain would subside. And he would build that altar, and there would be a whole new world. I mean, it was enormous. The size of the ark, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. This is enormous. The challenge is enormous. Think about what he had to deal with. Sinners mocking him. 
Wicked dad. You think they were encouraging him? No, they mocked him every time they went by. Mocked him. This is the nut Noah. Look at this. Look at this nut. He's building, he's building an ocean liner. Mocking. Don't you think that he, he was, could have been discouraged by the lack of willingness of others to help? I mean, we, certainly we don't think he built the whole thing by himself. He certainly incorporated some help. Certainly his family, maybe others. But it was probably discouraging the little help that he had. So some of the people helped, certainly, but then quit after a while. That sounds kind of familiar. What about, what about this? In a wicked day, have you ever been around construction? Don't leave your tools around. Don't leave, don't leave your copper around. Come on, preach somebody. How many of you think that he cut down a tree and he came back the next day to put it up and it was gone? What about his mallet? Don't you think that was hard? What about weather challenges? Now, some people say there was no rain before that time. You can't prove that by the scripture. Maybe there was a windstorm and he, he had some stuff up and it blew part of it down and he had to start again. We read the Bible with rose-colored glasses. we got to not lose heart. We can't discourage when things get a little tough. What about physical weariness? I mean, the brother started when he was 500 years old. He doesn't even show up till he's 500. I mean, Abraham started at 75. You know, some of, some of you hadn't even started yet. Maybe God will give you a ministry at 75. Just hope he doesn't make you have children like Abraham and Sarah that old. You know what I'm saying? You know, my grandkid comes, comes over and I love them, but boy, where they go, it's good too, you know. A little tiresome, you know, little guys. Physical weariness. You see, see, what happens is discouragement can stifle our joy and shut down our enthusiasm. I mean, anybody can get excited the first mile of the race, but when you're 26 miles and you got 300 yards left to, to cross the finish line, how much joy do you have then? See, the Bible says this, a cheerful heart's a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps the strength. So when we get discouraged, it saps our strength, it saps our joy, it saps our enthusiasm. And if we're not careful, we can sap the enthusiasm of the church. And where do we get that strength to be renewed? Where, where do you think a man was called to do the work of ministry and for 120 years did it and finished the work? He needed spiritual strength. He needed encouragement. The Bible said he walked with God. And when you walk with God, God has those moments of Holy Ghost refueling. God has those moments of renewing as we're waiting with him. And all of a sudden, we wake up one day and our spirit feels full. Or we take a little time and we walk away from the building of the ark. And we go out in the woods a little bit and get a little quiet. And get a little quiet time with God. And all of a sudden, we come away full of encouragement. Discouragement can also infect others. In Deuteronomy, in talking about that first group of Israelites out of Egypt, it said this, the brethren, our brethren discouraged our hearts. Our brethren discouraged our hearts. Remember that? On the edge of victory, on the edge of going in and beginning to possess, and there was a whole group of people who said, we can't do it. I hope nobody says that to me because I'm, I'm in love. Have to, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Nothing maybe, but anyway, you know, I, I, I'm going to say you're wrong. We, we, we can do this. Come on, we can do this. No negativity around here. Listen, we speak truth. Yes, we got some challenges, but our God is greater. 
And, and, and discouragement can affect others. What we need is words of encouragement while we're working. Man, you're doing great, Jason. You're doing awesome leading our, our, our prayer ministry. Oh, in the, oh, thank you for that piano. Oh, Brad, you're doing a great job. JR, thank you for your faithfulness. And then what we need, we need cheerleaders in the church. The Bible said death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit of it. There's a fruit that happens when you bring encouragement. Somebody would just make, what, what's the fruit of encouragement? It makes somebody want to work harder. They feel loved. They feel appreciated. Just think about Noah. Noah, you're doing a great job. You're, you're, you're built. Look, look, you're halfway through, and I know it took a long time to get here, but listen, you, you can do this. Think about it. Discouragement can also hinder the progress. In, in Ezra's day, it said this. Then the local residents, those were the Samaritans of that day, it says, tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from the work, from their work. Satan wants to hinder the work. You know that? He, he wanted to hinder this work and did for many years. But, but during that time, that verse says in there that they hindered the work. They were trying to rebuild and reestablish the temple that had been destroyed in the Babylonian invasion. And they started back doing the work again. And in that day, guess what the delay was? The Bible said the Samaritan hindered. There was a 16-year delay, 16 years. And then finally, God sent a prophet named Haggai, and I read this. I won't read the whole long passage, but he said this, after 16 years. See, they started, and then it just laid there, and you know, it just floated along. And then finally, after 16 years of the work hindered and stopped, really, Haggai, the anointing comes on Haggai and says, Thus says the Lord, this is Haggai 2, 1, 1 2. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come. The time of the, to build the Lord's house, or the time the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for yourselves to dwell in paneled houses and, and, and this temple lie in ruins? There again, what were they doing? Just what Jesus said. They had gotten into mundane life, raising their kids and you know, getting their crops and doing that. And they said, oh, it's not time to do that. But they were involved in what they wanted to do. And what the Lord is saying to us today, it's time to take up the shoulder of the work. It's time to build the work. It's time to build God's house. And I should hear a wonderful amen there. Now quickly. We're also called not to lose focus. A lot of Christians have lost focus during this time. Let me tell you this. You need a church and you need a pastor. This, this attitude of float around and click on three or four guys on, the, on YouTube and listen to this one for 10 minutes and then go to that one and all that, all that just is, does nothing but build shallow people. You say, how do you know? I want to read you something. We'll be done in just a moment. I want to read something here. This is, this is an article I read and it's called Americans Bible Engagement. Uh, Americans Bible Engagement Dramatically Declined Amidst COVID. Amidst COVID. Here's the article. American Bible engagement. American people, Christians, engaging with the Bible dramatically declines during COVID. Here it is. The, the coronavirus pandemic has affected America's Bible engagement. With, with the number of U.S. adults who read Scripture declining dramatically amid the outbreak. A recent study found, according to the State of the Bible 2020, that was the name of the group, I guess, released... A report released by the Barna Group and the American Bible Society, U.S. adults who say they read the Bible daily dropped from 14 to 9% between 
early 2019 and 2020. The study, which looked at 2,010 respondents from January and 3,020 respondents from June, found the proportion of Americans who read the Bible daily also fell to fewer than 1 in 10. Fewer than 1 in 10, 9%. And the lowest number, the lowest number on record during the 10 years that they've done this study. COVID helped us? Help us get close to God? Did it help us find creative ways to worship God? Doesn't sound like it to me, dear ones. Now listen, additionally, those, con- those considered Scripture engaged by the American Bible Society dropped from 28% to 22.7% between January and June of this year. According to the additional data collected by the organi- organization in June, after months of quarantine, church closures, and limited relational activity due to COVID-19. However, churches' respondents or those who have attended church, a Christian church service within the past six months, significantly more likely to be engaged in Scripture. That means this. Here's what it means. It means those who didn't attend church any during the shutdown versus those who did attend something, those that did attend, the church inspired them to read the Word of God. Now listen, let me read on. It says the study supports the idea that the church plays a significant role in benefiting people's well-being and scripture engagement, uh, a gentleman, his name uh, says here. Notice, to increase scripture engagement, we must increase relational connections with one another through the church. The pandemic and 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 now this survey have shown, here's what it's shown. That when relational church engagement goes up, church attendance, so does scripture engagement. But when it goes down, scripture engagements drop. See, what happens is the church is so necessary in our spiritual lives. We come and, and those things with that in the forces of the world that would drag us into the mundane when we're attending churches weekly, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God, uses the worship, uses the relational connection among believers to keep us stronger than we would be on our own. The Bible says, therefore, he says, awake those who sleep. Some believers have gone to sleep during this time. Say, so what do you mean sleep? Bible says, wake, wake up those sleep, arise from the dead. When, when you're dead, you're unresponsive. And I think what's happened in many Christians' lives, God's calling us to the work. He's calling us to the work, and the Holy Spirit says, do that and so. And they're like a dead corpse. They don't even move. The Spirit of God says, hey, go witness, and they don't even move. The Spirit of God says, go to church, and they don't even move. The Spirit of God says, get on your knees and pray for the lost, and they don't even move. But the video game calls them. Well, they move, you know. Mom calls them, and they move, you know. Mundane things, call them. Boy, and they got them hooked. God says, do that and so. They don't even move. It's like they're dead to spiritual things. It's time, Paul said this to the Ephesians. Awake, you who are asleep. Talking to the Christians, awake. It's time to be awake again. It's time to be revived again. It's time to be renewed again and commit ourselves to this work. Think about it. What are we alive to? Are we alive to the voice of God? I'll close with this. We're called to serve the Lord in the work and not lose faith. Faith and faithfulness in the scripture are many times synonymous, but always implied. 
Faith and faithfulness are the same thing. They're the same thing. You can't have faith without faithfulness. And you can't have faithfulness without faith. Notice again what Jesus said. Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, finds doing. So doing. And you know what God found? God found a man in Noah with all the pull of the mundane, all the pull of the sin around him. It, w- it didn't have his heart. It didn't pull on him. It didn't, it didn't capture him. He kept laser focused. He didn't lose his focus through all those distractions. Why? Because he loved Jesus with all of his heart. He loved him with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul, and all his strength. I want you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to close. And, and there again, I grieve that, that and we're not going to have altar calls. We're still going to try to be careful. Uh, I posted, you saw where I posted, I was reading of a church in California. And there, let me tell you, I thank God for, for Governor Abbott. I thank God for the freedoms we have in Texas. Do you understand how many people are moving to Texas? Do you understand how many people are fleeing like California? I mean, it's amazing. Thousands of people, businesses are leaving because they're so oppressed with their government. And it's just horrible what those people are dealing with. And so the, the, the shutdown for those churches out there is much worse than here. I mean, they're like oppressive out there. Well, one church I was reading about, and the pastor was preaching online, and finally the, the people just got sick of it. Now, I realize it's serious, but I wanted to tell you, now this is, I was reading the article, this is California, not Texas, I, I'm sure it's this, probably the same, I don't know. This is the article, is what it said. Looking at all the numbers of the people that get sick and the people that recover and the people that die and looking how many people are there and everything. Here's, here's what it said. The chances of if you get the virus and, and, and overcoming it and getting better, the chances are statistically, this is numbers, not, this is 99.98%. If you get it, you're going to get over it. And yet they're saying shut the churches down. Well, the Christians got sick of it. And so... He was just doing it online. And then the church says, no. God said, "Go. we're going to worship. He didn't even say it. The people started coming back. And, and then all of a sudden, next week, more came back. He didn't even say anything. More came back and more came back. Last week, 3,000 people came. And, they, and all those families brought 400 kids and put them in the, in the Sunday school and the children's church. They just got sick of it. All the misinformation and all the half-truths and, and you, know, we, we, you know, killing all the babies, which is the number one rate of mortality in America, almost a million. They don't shut those down. We want to shut the church down. And the people are like, we're, we're done. You know, we, we want to be careful and we, we love people, we don't, but, but we're the church and we're vital and we're essential. And I thought, I, I was inspired when I heard that. Those people, those Christian people in the pew said, we're coming to church. We love Jesus. We love our church. We love our church family. And I thought, wow, that's great. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to continue to do the same thing. Now, talking about the work today. There again, I, I, I just, uh, I, I didn't want this sermon. I didn't, I, I'm trying to get away from this sermon. It's funny, you're trying to get away from a sermon. and It keeps coming back. The Lord spoke to me this week. He said, look at Noah. Look at him. He's working. And then God spoke to me and said, God, I'm calling the people to the work. I'm calling you not to lose heart. I'm calling you not to lose faith. I'm calling you not to lose focus. I'm calling you not to lose, don't, don't get discouraged. Keep building and to see what God will do. 
And God found a man in Noah like that. So think about it as we close. Let's not lose heart through discouragement. Let's not lose focus through distractions. And let's not lose faith through doubts. And I, and I, I end with this verse and conclude with this verse out of the NLT. I've, I quoted it out of the other translation. Here's what it says. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What we're doing really matters here. It really matters here. Let's pray. Father, how grateful we are today that you called us to this work. And Lord, what we would like to do today, and, and, and I can't speak for anyone here, but I pray that all of us would, t- would, would make a renewed commitment to the work. Your work, on the, your work on the building may be prayer, it may be giving, it may be organizing, it, it, it may be ushering. It can be 10,000 things, but we offer it to you, Lord. Take our hands, take our lives, and Lord, help us to stay focused. Lord, we've just begun. So much work has happened. And Lord, I believe that this week we'll get the approval. We were hoping to get it Friday, but Lord, thank you. We believe in this week we're going to get the approval we're going to get the permit to turn the dirt after that, and then we're, we're go. Oh, God, give us supernatural help. Hallelujah. Give us supernatural help. Give us supernatural help. Give us supernatural help. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's bow our heads for a moment. If you're here this morning, or even online, I can't see your hand there, but you say, Pastor, I, I need to, there's some things in my life that I need to give to Jesus today. Maybe some sins or disobedience. Maybe you need to get your heart right with the Lord. But as our heads are bowed, Pastor, pray for me this morning. I have a spiritual need in my life. God bless you here. God bless you here. Are there others? God bless you here. I have a spiritual need. Maybe during this COVID time, you've drifted away and maybe you've let some things come in. I'm going to tell you, Jesus loves you. God bless you. I see you here. Anyone else? Just say, Pastor, I need to put some things under the blood today. I need to get right with God and and. You know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to hell. That's not it at all. We're just saying that you, we can lose that fellowship. We need that. Anyone else? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close in just a moment. God bless you here and here. I see you. Sweet hands. God bless you. These hands are so precious to me. And those online, listen. If you're watching online and you need to get right with the Lord, He beckons for you. He, he will not cast you out. Come to Him in the heart of repentance and faith. Trust Him that He will receive you. He will not cast you away. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or how long you've been there. Jesus will accept you. But he doesn't accept you on the basis of your goodness. He doesn't accept you saying, oh, I'm going to do better. That's not it. We come by faith, trusting Jesus alone to wash us in his blood. We're accepted because of Jesus. Trust him. So, Father, right now you see every hand. And I ask that, that your people, those that raised hand, would say, Lord, forgive me. I turn away from the thing that you spoke to me about. I turn away. That's what repentance is. We turn from it. We turn away from the evil. We turn away from the disobedience. But, Lord, we turn toward you. We don't run from you, Jesus, but we run to you. And we believe that your arms are open. Your arms are open toward us. And I pray that faith... As we trust in you, that you would bring cleansing, sprinkle the blood of Jesus over every heart. I pray that every person that raises that raised their hand, that had a spiritual need. Father, my prayer 
is that they would leave this place completely forgiven, completely free from all guilt and shame, and that their conscience would be touched by the blood and their conscience would be completely cleansed and their conscience would be at peace because of the work of God. I pray that your love would be revealed to these that raised their hand this week, that this week in special ways as they open scripture, that they would feel this love. They would sense this love of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you. Now, Father, we humbly submit this service to you today. We submit our building plans to you. Lord, I've opened this, these finances to your people And I've shown them truthfully everything that's going on and what a wonderful place you have us. But, Lord, we still have a lot of work to do. And, and Lord, our payment will be a little more than I thought, but it's not too much for you, Lord. It's not too much for you. And, Lord, for what you're going to give us, it's going to be amazing. So, Father, but give us miracles. Give us miracles. Give us miracles. Because you're the miracle worker. And now... Dear ones, I say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all today and throughout this week until we meet in Jesus' name.